I feel like the perception of kind of like the starving artist or art careers is definitely changing. So I would say even my parents definitely had the fear and probably still have the fear that I will be a starving artist. But luckily, you know, we're, we're living in a time of the internet, which is like how I market everything is through social media. It's how I find clients. It's how most artists, whether you're a traditional artist or a digital artist, you know, can gain a following, which leads to jobs. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Power Up Women, our cross-generational, cross-cultural conversation about leadership, power, social justice, and gender. I'm Ann Doyle. And I'm Dana Harvey. We're coming to you from the Motor City Women's Studios in Detroit, Michigan. And you know, Dana, I know you just lost your kitty. And I'm so sorry. And I know the heartache, and I'm sure many of our listeners do, of losing a beloved pet. Will you tell us about him? Yes, yes. His name was Wiley, and he absolutely was Wiley. He was a rescue kitty from the Michigan Humane Society. His mother was my daughter, and we had him for 10 wonderful years. He is my fourth cat. And so, you know, those felines just, you know, find a way into our hearts. And we're incredibly devastated and crushed, but you know we we have plans to to love on many more in the future. So we just need to get there. But we miss him already. That's good. I know you just said goodbye to him yesterday, and yeah. I know you took awesome care of him, and yeah. he had a great life. He did. Yeah, he was a one of a kind guy. We call him the CEO of the Cuddle Factory. So he is officially <laughs> retired. We will carry on his legacy. I'm not really a cat person. Uh, my son, Kevin, is definitely a cat person. And my sister, Irene, uh, I'm more of a dog and horse person, but I, I know the heartbreak there. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Thanks, Anne. So, you know, we delve into some pretty serious topics on our podcast, as you know, Dana. I mean, we've talked about the Equal Rights Amendment, um, gender and sexism issues. Next month, we're going to be talking about the racism that African-Americans and Asian-Americans and people of color face all all the time. So you know what? Once in a while, uh, we like to feature kind of a change of pace guest, which is why we invited graphic designer Naomi Castro to join us. Hi, Naomi. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good, 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 good. So I've been looking at your Art by Nay website and mm -hmm. your art is amazing. So Naomi, for everybody, I just need to let you know, she's an independent graphic designer whose work includes fabulous fantasy illustrations, character design, and comic book art. She even has her own online graphic novel that you can check out at icaris.com. It's great. I love it. Thank you. And, you know, full disclosure about this, because uh, Naomi is the longtime girlfriend, significant other, I guess you would say, of my millennial nephew, Zanger Doyle. And she and I were talking at a family gathering recently. And when I started learning about her work and taking a look at her art, you know, I thought it would be really fun to talk about not only her art, but a fascinating example of kind of new ways of working. So welcome, Naomi. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you guys about it. Well, what are you working on this morning? 
Well, I actually did just finish kind of like a, uh, a personal piece, you know, it was uh, just something that I was doing, but it's definitely in the realm of stuff I like to do. And it was one of those pieces where I feel like I always get stuck at the last 20%. Like I, I get it really far. It's like almost done. And I kind of struggle to figure out how to finish it. So something I started a while ago, like maybe almost last year at this point, and I finished it up this morning and posted it to all my social medias, but it was just a little, uh, some character art for a game that I, I run with my friends, which is a lot of the art I do is for um, what's known as a TTRPG or a tabletop role-playing game. So things like Dungeons and Dragons, and there's you know a whole slew of other games. Um, so this was for a campaign I run uh, from a game called Monster of the Week, which is basically Monster kind of, of like- Monster of the Week. Yeah, it's called Monster of the Week, and the kind of like vibes of it are very uh, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer meets X-Files meets like Supernatural, like that kind of thing. So uh, their characters are all uh, teenagers who kind of like hunt monsters and cryptids and all these kind of creepy crawly things. Um, so yeah, I just finished character art for them. A little Scooby-Doo-esque, I would say. <laughs> Well, I got a chance to check out your site, like I mentioned before, and you are incredibly creative. And I was just noticing the, I mean, I, I can see the main genre in which you work within, but you just had a lot of different variations of how you bring forth some of your ideas. How would you describe the work that you do? Um, yeah, I, I would say, uh, especially kind of in this day and age, especially of like digital art and in the online space, um, you definitely want to have kind of a signature style. Um, so when somebody sees it, they, you know, know that's your work. Um, I mean, similar to how art has always been, right? Like you can look at a Jackson Pollock and you know it's a Jackson Pollock. Um, but yeah, I definitely like to kind of experiment with my style. You know, I like uh, kind of towing the line between uh, more realistic stuff but like exaggerating features and making it a little more like cartoony. Um, but I also like to kind of go both ways um, and do stuff that's like really kind of realistic, like studies of environments, or um, I really like doing um, studies of film stills uh, from movies that I just think look really nice and I want to do my own spin on it. Um, but yeah, you kind of have to know the foundations to be able to then like stretch things and stylize them uh, in a way. You know, just looking at you, we, of course, are recording this podcast by by Zoom. And uh, but looking at you, I mean, you have a fantastic, <laughs> I mean, face, but also a fantastic the, the camera. I mean, I'm trying to imagine, oh. <laughs> do you have like multiple screens in front of you? I mean, how do you work? So, uh, no, I just have one. It's pretty common to have two monitors. Um, my setup right now is mostly for uh, like gaming, really, which is why I kind of have this nice headset, because uh, especially in quarantine, um, we've been playing a lot of video games online with our friends and just being in like um, calls on Discord and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I actually recently got uh, this webcam. But yeah, my setup, I just have one monitor right now. I have my computer. Um, here's the tablet that I use um, when it's on my computer. Um, okay. So I'm not uh, quite rich enough yet to have one of the nice tablets where the screen is here. Um, but I do have my alternate uh, setup right here. I just use an iPad. Um, so usually I start on this because it's like portable. Um, I have a pretty decent like drawing app that I can use. So I kind of like sketch here, start stuff, and then I transfer it onto my computer where I draw in Photoshop um, and I can use that on the computer. 
So that whole gaming world, you know, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm a baby boomer. I'll never be a gamer, <laughs> but uh, I talked to my son is definitely a gamer. And uh, uh, so that, that's a whole other world too. But um, is, is that sort of, is there a relationship, would you say, between the gaming world and the comic world and the kind of art that you do? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, my eventual, you know, dream goal would be to be a concept artist for like a video game studio or maybe an animation studio. Um, I mean, like Disney and Pixar, are obviously some of the top ones, of course. Um, but yeah, what I like to do being like mostly character design and what's known as concept art, which is kind of like, um, I mean, they people get concept artists just for like TV shows that are live action, like Stranger Things and for, you know, video games that look very realistic, you know, it all has to start somewhere. Um, so that's kind of what I like to do in the realm I like to work in. But yeah, I, I tend to skew definitely towards uh, like uh, story based video games more than kind of like playing online and kind of those kinds of things. Um, but yeah, I, I really like story video games, especially video games with like a really cool art style. Um, that's almost the first thing I look at, you know, the art on the cover, um, the art that's advertised. If I think it looks cool, I might just buy it, even if I don't love like the gameplay or anything like that. Um, it's definitely, I go for the visual medium for sure. So how did you get started? How did you discover that you had this talent and, and what did you do to nurture it? You know, where, where did this begin? Yeah, so I didn't really even consider it like a viable thing for me to pursue like more seriously or even career wise until pretty much I was getting ready to go to college. Because, um, you know, growing up, I definitely my brothers and I, we loved comic books and anime um, and all that kind of stuff. And I always like kind of doodle things here and there, you know, I'd make up little characters and little comics and draw them. Um, and I definitely was not good. Even my mom says, uh, like between me and my brothers, they were just like better at kind of general art than I was as a kid. Um, but yeah, in high school, um, I really started drawing more um, like characters based on like books that my friends and I were reading, you know, we kind of had our little like nerd group of the things we liked. So it was really fun to kind of bring things to life um, in that aspect. And then I was going to go to school for music. Um, you can probably see my we piano see behind it me here. Yeah. There. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I grew up, uh, I have a very musical family. I was between going to school for like musical composition or uh, musical theater. Um, and I kind of just decided to switch gears. And instead, I kind of just got more serious about art, I would say, uh, right before I was applying to school. So it was definitely, you know, I mean, it was just from one kind of art form to another, because um, I knew I wanted to do something creatively. Um, but yeah, once it was time to apply for colleges, I applied to five schools. Um, I got accepted into all of them. And then just the defining factor was how much scholarship money they gave me. Um, so I ended up at uh, NMU, uh, Northern Michigan University in Marquette, Michigan. I grew up in the South and I had never like really seen snow. Um, so I got- Oh, were you in for a surprise? I got my <laughs> fill of snow in the upper peninsula of Michigan for sure. Um, but yeah, and I graduated in 2018 now, a few years ago um, with a bachelor of fine arts in, uh, with a concentration in illustration. So that's what I do. Well, tell us about some of your projects, some of your key projects. Uh, maybe start with your own comic book, Icarus. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, Icarus is something I actually did it for what's kind of uh, at NMU, our like senior thesis show. Um, so every senior kind of just culminates something that they want to put up in a gallery and it's for everybody. You know, I was an illustration major, but there's uh, like graphic designers who do websites. Uh, there are like 3D artists and people who make furniture. So it's like just everybody's kind of senior show. Um, so yeah, I was conceptualizing the story and the characters and kind of this little world I wanted to build throughout college. Um, and then that's kind of what I made my senior show. I did like uh, I think about 10 different illustrations um, that were all printed out and like on the wall. And then I printed off, oh, I wish I had it here. We're still kind of unpacking. Um, I printed off basically what are the first 20 pages of my comic in like a physical form. I got it printed um, and that was on display. So people could come by and like flick through it. They could see, you know, all the characters um, and like design layouts, things for like the different settings. Cause it's kind of in this fantasy, but also post-apocalyptic um, like Mad Maxian desert world. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of where it all started. Um, and then I started hosting it to kind of different websites where people go to like specifically read comics. Like there's one called Webtoon that's super popular. Um, and then, um, yeah, pretty recently within the last year, I decided to get my own domain and design the website and put it up that way. If, you know, anything were to happen on these other sites, there's still, you know, my stuff can live right here. The other one that caught my eye was your coloring book, the I am about affirmations. And I actually wrote down exactly what you had about why you intended to do that. Tell us a little bit about what it is and why you wanted to do that, that project. Yeah, so that is one I got uh, kind of hired on to do. Uh, at the time, I was using a website, which I don't really use anymore, and I don't always like it, so I won't mention the name or anything. Um, but essentially, it's just a website where um, people looking for artists can post, like, this is my job description, this is how much I'm willing to pay, and then artists can, like, apply for it. Um, so yeah, I saw it um, from a woman named Ashley Thompson. And I thought it sounded really interesting. Um, it's me and a few other different artists. I think it's like five or six and they're all credited and everything. Um, but yeah, it was just um, the the publisher and like kind of writer who created all these little prompts um, is uh, a woman of color. And she wanted to create sort of these little affirmations um, for just women in general, but also especially women of color. You know, I had one um, where the prompt was uh, called like dripping honey and melanin, I think was one. So it has like, you know, the honeycomb pattern in the background um, and things like that. And things like I am powerful, um, I am beautiful, just, you know, kind of the coloring book affirmation thing that already exists, but with like a, a nice uh, progressive twist to it. Yeah, that one caught my attention. I really like that one. Mm -hmm. So do you identify as a woman of color? You know, what's your cultural background? Yeah, so I am biracial. Um, my mom is white and my dad is Filipino. Um, and I grew up in the South. Uh, so things weren't always amazing. Um, being a kid who looks different from everyone in your class of like right. 50 kids um, in a super rural uh pretty conservative place um so you know it was it was kind of tough growing up but I mean things have definitely gotten better in in general um even I mean towards the end of high school I mean I'm kind of a a, a cusp baby I'm like a zillennial I'm I most people would consider me <laughs> gen z I'm definitely like a little bit of both but I I'm technically gen z um but I would say like towards the end of high school I mean I didn't even have kids who kind of like apologized 
um, for <laughs> being horrible to me growing up, um, some of them. So, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, the worst thing in the world. Um, but I also being Filipino, um, a lot of Filipino people have uh, Spanish last names. Um, and my last name is Castro. Um, so obviously there's some connotations there. And that's usually what I got uh, bullied for. <laughs> but yeah, you know. yeah. Mm -hmm. Can't imagine. I, I love that term zillennial. I haven't heard yeah. that before, but yeah. uh, I knew there was a gap, but I didn't know it had a name. So thank you. Yeah, it's kind of so I was born in 97. So kind of the cutoff people consider like 95 to like 85 ish millennial and then like 96 and later uh, Gen Z. Um, but yeah, it's sort of this uh, like kind of cultural phenomenon going around around those generations right now and specifically Gen Z. There's kind of been this little uh, group of zillennials of kids born from like 96 to 98 who like grew up in the 90s and had all the 90s stuff, but also we're growing up in such like a time of change. It's kind of like a little uh, a little bridge in that gap. <laughs> Well, talking about growing up, what is your advice for listeners um, who would like to develop their own talent that they maybe never had, or even maybe are the parents of a child who loves to draw? How would you urge them to encourage their kids? Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I mean, I probably wouldn't have been able to pursue it to the extent I did um, if I didn't feel uh, supported. Um, so I would just say, I mean, I feel like the perception of kind of like the starving artist or art careers is definitely changing. So I would say even my parents definitely had the fear and probably still have the fear that I will be a starving artist. Um, but luckily, you know, we're, we're living in a time of uh, the internet, which is like how I market everything is through social media. It's how I find clients. Um, it's how most artists, whether you're a traditional artist or a digital artist, you know, can gain a following, which leads to jobs. Um, which could be contract work or more stable stuff. Um, so I would tell parents to just not be too scared and that they'll be okay. Um, and for kids, you know, there's such a thing as, uh, you know, having talent, but it's also a, a lot of work. Um, and while, you know, I at a young age had like affinity for things like music and art less so, again, if you ask my mom, she said I was a bad artist as a kid. Um, but yeah, you, you just have to keep working at it and not everything you create has to look amazing. You learn lessons from your bad art is what I would say. Basically, we wanna make sure that we share your creativity and your artwork with as many people as possible. And we want you to remind our listeners where they can see your work, how they can read your comic book and better yet, because we always wanna make sure that, you know, making money and being in business <laughs> means rewarding through profit how they might be able to commission you for a very cool project. So how yeah. can people do that? Yeah, so um, I would say uh, my main uh, social media accounts um, where I post art related things um, on both Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok um, are all nay decast art. Um, so it's just my name. Um, and then my portfolio website is art by nay, N-A-Y. Um, and you can see my commission info uh, on Twitter. I have it right at the top. So even if you don't have a Twitter account, you can still see it if you just go to the page. Um, and there will be a, a Google form link for you to fill out. Um, and it kind of just gets all of the beginning things out of the way. You let me know what you want, how you want it to look. Um, and then I just reach out via email and that's how I do my commissions. 
Well, thank you, Naomi Castro. This was a lot of fun. And when you are not so busy, I can't wait to commission you to create illustrated characters of Dana and me and Robin. And that's a great idea. I love that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, for sure. I'm Ann Doyle. And I'm Dana Harvey. Let's all 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 go go power power up. up. Thanks for joining us at Power Up Women. We hope you'll subscribe, share us with your network, and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps to build buzz. So look for Apple, Google, or Spotify podcasts, and that's where you'll find us. And remember, when one woman rises, we all rise. So make sure you reach back and lift others as you climb. <laughs>